0: I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships.
1: All kinds of relationships.
0: So without further ado, let's get, get relational. Hi, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today we have a special treat for you. We've invited Dr. Beth Halbert to talk with us today. The work we do is we really teach about setting up relationships to be collaborative and cooperative lots of people find us at a time when they didn't set that foundation up in their families. And so one of the things that they deal with are teenage children and young adult children, many of whom moved home during the pandemic, uh, being disrespectful, being defiant, um, being uh, parents feeling like they're being ignored. I can't tell you how many people like look at our relationship and, and just sigh and say, wish my kid would spend any time with me. And uh, there's been a lot of that in the pandemic particularly And we wanted you to come on today to talk a little bit about what defiance means, like what's going on in someone when they're feeling that way. And then later in the podcast, we want to go a little bit into our own inner teenager and what, how that's affecting what's going on in our lives. So talk to us about defiance and being ignored and being disrespected and and just give us a little context about who you are and, and how you play in the world.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is such an incredible honor. My favorite is working with mothers and daughters. And um, one of the things I want to do is flip this as fast as possible and ask you guys questions. Because (laughs) I think that's where the real juice is. Because from what is working and uh, be okay with it not working that's the challenge. Um, and I can't help myself, Sarah, I just have to ask you this question. Um, do you feel like your mom can handle no matter what you say?
1: Um, the thing is that even if I do upset her by the things that I say, like she'll tell me and be like, I need a minute. Or that was like, please don't talk to me that way. And she'll, she'll, she'll call me out on it. And then I'll be like, you're right. And then, (laughs) um, and we'll work through it where we do that with each other is that if something is upsetting, either we, we take the time that we need, we say, uh, I need a moment um, or, or we'll, we'll hold on to it for a second within that moment. And like, come back the next day and be like, this actually kind of upset me and, you know, apologize. be like, it didn't mean it that way because we're not intentionally trying to hurt the other person or upset Ever. the other person. It just happens. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So here's my theory. And, and I always tell kids and young adults, tell me if I'm all screwed up. Tell me if I'm wrong. Call me out. Dare you to call me out. Um, <clears throat> so my theory is one of the things that makes your relationship so fabulous with your mom is that you can be your authentic self. And when you do step in it or when she does step in it, that you guys have the tools, not, not if, but when exactly, yeah, because we, we all step in it. Yeah. So when you step in it, you guys have the tools and the love and the, and the commitment that come hell or high water, the relationship is more important than being right. Is that true?
1: Yeah,
0: I would say absolutely. Yeah. I think it's because we've, but we, from the get-go, we've created that foundation. And so what we're seeing is people coming to us who didn't create that foundation. And it's like, what now, what do you do? Uh, Because this isn't like we created the foundation when she was six and um, it's perfect ever since we just keep recreating it. um, as She keeps growing up and growing out into her own life and and all of that. You know, what are the ways that we can continue growing together um, and where do I need to let her go? Uh, and not be too dependent on her and not have her do, too dependent on me. I mean, it's, it's a continual dance into adulthood.
2: It is. It's a Tai Chi. It's a Tai Chi moment. Um, well, can I share my theoretical bent that I've created? And it, then I can play off of kind of how what I teach. So I, I created this thing called the inner family. And it's based on what most people would call the inner child. And in my vernacular, the inner child is the inner three-year-old. So with, with most training and most educational, people are talking about the inner three-year-old or is inner two, inner four, somewhere around there. I just call it little B for me, the inner three-year-old. And it's an emotional developmental stage. When I first started talking and doing some inner child work, I said, hi, little B. And my little B said, F you. And I was like, wow, you're having, <laughs> you're having some big feelings, FU, 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 and on it went. And I said, I'm here, I'm listening. I really care. Sure you do. Why now? So there's a character that gets built upon the inner three-year-old, and that's the one I call the inner seven-year-old or the little poindexter. The little good girl, the little, the little perfectionist, the should monster. And the should monster, the little good girl, poindexter, comes in to protect our three-year-old from all of our emotions and all of our big feelings. My theory is that about, especially pre-pandemic, my theory is that about 85% of the world gets stuck in the super seven-year-old. <laughs> Wow. And that's the part that it's like, go faster, more, hit your goals, be the best you can be, you know, more, more, faster, drive, 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 and, you know, never let them see you sweat. And at some point, and this is where I love to work, a teenager comes along and kicks your tail (laughs) or Your business has been so successful and you have a hundred or a thousand people working for you and you're like, this is no fun at all. I quit. Or your body goes through a complete metamorphosis meltdown. But something happens that that super seven-year-old can't contain itself or herself. And I think the pandemic just knocked every super seven-year-old out on the whole planet. We did one (laughs) one fried all at the same time and people either went young to their inner three-year-old and they're still there hiding under the covers like you and what army is going to make me go back to work yeah yeah the world is not safe i'm scared to death i'm hiding under these covers or the other option is the the super seven-year-old there's a third character and that's the inner teenager Mm. and the inner teenager comes in is like Take a chill pill, whatever, (laughs) you know, have a glass of wine, have some bonbons. God, you're so serious. (laughs) And so these three emotional developmental states, depending upon who I'm talking to, um, I may be talking to their three-year-old. And if I come in as my inner teen, it can feel really off-putting. And they can, I, they can feel not safe. The three-year-old can feel not safe with me because I'm too crazy and wild. If they're in their super seven-year-old, they're trying to figure me out. They're like, Who, how does how she survive? And how is she getting paid with purple hair? And you know, <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff. That's, that's kind of their super poindexter seven-year-old trying to figure things out and get everything in a logical box. Very rarely do I meet inner teens. You too, you too have some inner teen in you. And I would say that it's your playfulness. It's your authenticness. It's your life. You're living your life's passion. You and what army is going to make me blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I said pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Did, Did I, did I call it or what? Is it true or not?
1: especially for you. Oh it's, oh, yeah, definitely me. Oh, definitely.
2: Okay. 100% me. Okay. So this, and, and so what happens a lot of times with teenagers and young adults, they come in and the parent is just trying desperately, you know, to put them back in a box and get them back in the womb and, you know, put them in the corner until they grow up to keep them safe. Like, what do I do with this crazy wild thinker? I, I, how do I keep her safe? And, um, the teen is like, you know, chill out, mom. You know, I got this while they're driving, you know, like this down the down the highway with one arm or smoking a cigarette, and they're like, uh, so it becomes a wild and crazy mess. So depending upon who I'm talking with and who I'm being, so like at the beginning of this meeting, when I'm trying to figure out my Zoom, who was I? Three, seven or teen. You guys try to guess. I don't know <laughs> I, you want you want to guess, Linda?
0: I, I would I would probably say somewhere between the three and seven. Okay, I mean, you're a teenager.
2: Absolutely. And who are you talking to now?
0: Definitely the teenager <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: I mean you're <laughs> just like on it, right? Like teenagers with that sense of confidence and like I know yeah. who I am at least what they give out into the world, right? Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. yes. And my little three-year-old, I've said, you know, if this doesn't work out, we'll do it another time. Don't worry. My little super seven-year-old is trying to get it perfect and trying not to mess up and, and just beating myself up for being late and can't have the, and it's not working. And it's like, chill, chill, babe, chill. It's all good. We're safe. You know, even if they write us off for life, it's okay. But I want to make a good, I want to make a good impression. I want them to like me. It's like, it's okay. I love you. I like you. It's all good. So that's like all my different, different states.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: And, um, so that's the, that's the develop, that's the, uh, inner family that I created.
0: I love that. So let's say you're working with me as a parent and I am not very aware and haven't been doing the ridiculous amount of spiritual personal development work I've done. Right. And suddenly I have this young adult who's moved back with me. She didn't, but we're going to just do that as an example. So she's moved back with me and she's reverting back to old patterns, but I'm trying to find a new way of relating to her. And I do want to keep her safe. I do want to support her. Um, And, but, and so I don't know how to do that dance. So like, talk to me as if I'm the person who, this is all brand new to, like, what would you say? Okay. So,
2: and and the question is who, So, so first of all, um, I'm assessing in my own mind, who is this mom being and who you're being is the super seven-year-old.
0: Yeah. Trying to get it right.
2: Trying to be a good girl, trying to do it right. Trying to be a good mom. So I'm going to address that part of you and, and I'm going to help you get that. You're look at your adorable daughter. You're done. (laughs) you got this. You are so, you are so dialed and styled. Our job right now is how do we have you get to have more fun as a parent and let your daughter, let your daughter get to feel like you believe in her. Would you like that? And, and I know that every super seven year old is sick and tired of being feeling like they're in a straight jacket. So I know they want to have more fun. They're watching the teenagers and they're going, gosh, How come everybody else is having fun in the world? And I'm working my my butt off. And you know, I'm not having any fun and blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking to that part of you, Linda. And I'm I'm basically helping you get into your inner team. Now, if you came to the call and you were like, I suck as a mom. (laughs) My daughter is messed up. You know, she's she's gonna die. So now you're in your three-year-old and now I'm trying to comfort this little precious angel, this little young part of you help you. And I'm going to say, well, tell me what's working. So I'm going to flip into logic. Yeah. And I'm going to help your super seven-year-old brag about you and your daughter. So, So, so give me some brags on, on you as a mom. So give me a couple
0: yeah, so you know she until the this is theoretical me. This is not me. Me.
2: Um, Let's do the real you. I want to okay, hear the really real brag. brag. I want to hear the real brag on you okay. and your mom.
0: Um, she's got a great sense of humor. She's yes. really smart. Um, she is really,
2: really and, and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna interrupt you because every parent <laughs> does this. I'm I'm playing real time with you. Yeah, yeah. So every parent does this. They immediately go to bragging on their kid.
0: Is that what you asked?
2: I want to know the brag on you. Oh, I didn't it that way. I know, I know. And then I'm going to ask your daughter to brag on her. And as she starts bragging on herself, you're going to be sitting over there going, I did that, I did that. But we're not going to tell her that.
0: Okay.
2: We're not going to let her know that you're, you're taking all that credit, but you know, just between you and me and she's not, she has no idea what we're talking about right now. Um, You're going to take full credit because you're the mom. Yeah. And then when I'm talking to her, you're going to get no credit whatsoever. And it's going to be all about her. So yeah. right yeah. now, because what I'm doing is I'm helping you fill up your inner family. And then I'm helping her fill up her inner family so that she will be able to better understand your super seven-year-old. Got it. Got it. And I'm going to give her some tricks of the trade on how to handle your super seven-year-old. Okay. So so go, so go for it. What is, what's your brag, Linda? as a mom
0: so my big I think my biggest brag is um being there consistently being there and not smothering um that that's my biggest brag I mean and I really got that when she was 15 when my partner and I broke up um that that's who I needed to be and there's no way I was ever leaving this relationship I mean that's so for me I the consistency the being there the never giving up that's the thing I feel like I'm most proud of um that's beautiful and just to kind of hold her as lightly as I can without trying to crush her spirit or make her into something that I, I think she should be, just really yes. supporting who she wants to be in the world. Um, so that's the, the thing I, I like the best. I, and I've got a, a fierce protector part of me. Um, you know, There was a guy that did her wrong once and we, we passed each other on the campus at the college and, and it was all I could do not to say something to him. And I didn't because I've I got pretty good boundaries. But then that fierce protector part of me just wanted to just like go up to him and say, "What were you thinking? That was like a terrible thing to do to her."
2: Right. Um, yeah. Right.
0: So, so well, those, um, those are the primary ones for me.
2: Okay. So, so what I would this is out of out of scope for a second. Um, what I would love to do is just take that little blip, and I would take that what you've done, and that's how to create what you've created with your daughter. So I try to teach other parents how to do what you did.
0: Got it.
2: And that you say that as a matter of fact, you say that with ease and grace, and that is a lifelong journey. And it takes a hell of a lot of inner work to not work your stuff out on your kid.
1: Yeah.
2: And to trust that she has her own spiritual inner guidance system. And that you don't have to play God for your daughter or or boyfriend beater-upper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, no, I, I, or, or work or work fixer right. or academic, you know, whatever. Like yeah. it, that's not your job. Now, the your job thing is,
0: was, I was going to say the cool. biggest thing was letting go of my attachment to my, how I thought it should all turn out and what people would think of me because I, I after her other mom and I broke up, and uh, I thought, oh, she doesn't go right to college. People are going to say it's because uh, uh, I, she only had me as her parent. So she better go right to college and she better go to a good college. And it's like, finally, I let go of it. And it's like, it's up to her.
2: And um, or, or worse, because she was raised by lesbians. <laughs> that's that's why she's messed up. That's why she didn't go to college right out of school. And, um, and really getting you know, having to let go of that and be, and be not homophobic yeah, towards yourself. Otherwise, whatever, whatever you get triggered by, whatever I get triggered by, whatever Sarah gets triggered by, that's ours.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Got it. And um, so I love, I love those gifts. Thank you for sharing so intimately there. Yeah. So Sarah, what about you? What are your brags?
1: About myself?
2: about yourself oh
1: no oh no uh um well I take after my mom I'm always there for people like oftentimes actually to my detriment I know this um but uh I'm there for people I want to be there for my friends I want to support my friends um I have a great sense of humor I'm a goofball I'm authentically myself all of the time I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea and I don't care
2: (laughs) I love that. So did you notice? Did you notice when I first asked you? You went, oh. Uh. Oh yeah, I do that. I, I
1: don't explain so do myself.
2: So so that was the young you. That was the either three-year-old or maybe seven-year-old you that wanted to do it right. And then your teen kicked in. <laughs> and
0: yeah, you're I like, did.
2: yeah, yeah. And then you're like, Oh, hold on. You got all day. Just a minute. Let me tell you all the adorable stuff about me and how phenomenal is that Linda to watch your kid have that level of love for herself and confidence in herself. I mean, parents would kill for that. Yeah. And Sarah, what happens so many times when I talk with kids and I'll say, tell me, tell me, give me a brag. They're like, I got nothing.
1: Wow!
2: Mm, yeah, I come on, any brag like you got out of bed this morning because you didn't feel like it. No, I didn't get out of bed. <laughs> you know they're like they're so hard on themselves.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and so with the little three year old part of us, am I safe? With the super seven year old part of us, can I can I measure up to my expectations and can I measure up to my hero shiro self of my parents? And the fact that you just whipped into all that brilliance tells me that your mom gave you permission to really, moms gave permission to really allow you to love yourself fully.
1: She, she did for sure. Okay. She did. Okay. 100%. That's, a, that's one of the things that I'm very grateful for is that. She, she allowed me to do that. She taught me to do that. She helped me to do that. And when I needed, um, cause I, after the the split, uh, I went into therapy, um, two different kinds of therapy, uh, regular therapists and somatic therapists, um, because I knew that I needed healing. And I told her that. And she was like, all right, I'll help you. Like whatever you need, I'll help you whatever you need to do yes. to feel better, to, to heal. Like I will help you do that. So it was that kind of support an understanding and acceptance that really enabled me to grow into the person that I am today. Cause she hasn't stopped that once yeah. Like since then. That's all. That's kind of just been her mantra, which is why she's like the rock of my life. Like I know that she's going to be there no matter what.
2: And do you believe in that about yourself as well?
1: For, for my mom or just
2: that you are also the rock. Do you, do you believe you're also the rock? of your own inner emotional self and that you will be there and be your own best hero, your own best cheerleader, your own best lover, mother and everything else. And if there's still some room for growth there, there may still be some pieces connected maybe to your other parent that you get to integrate and fall in love with those aspects of yourself as well.
1: Hmm. I would say about 90% of the time. I feel like I'm the rock for myself.
2: Sweetness. Wow. And you're how old Sarah? Uh,
1: 25.
2: Okay. Well, most, you know, (laughs) older people I know would never give it a 90. So, you know, I, I, I give you an A plus already. So (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) kind of, that's kind of how I play. So thank you guys. Thanks for letting me turn the tables and, uh, and playing with me, but that's, that's how I play. And um, I, I would uh, if we were in an actual session, one of the things I would do, Sarah, is I would take the places where I see you're not fully loved up that 10 percent. Mm-hmm. And I would find ways to double dog dare. And I would and I would own those with you. So, like, let's say you couldn't stand um, your Hitler or you couldn't stand your Trump or you couldn't stand your Biden or you couldn't stand your you know, whatever, whatever part of you, you couldn't stand. I'm going to own that with you. And I'm going to find the Hitler in me. I'm going to find the Trump in me. I'm going to find the Biden in me being very politically correct here. Um, So that we can all be in connection with each other. We can have our own unique individuality, but we also can live in harmony and peace together. Hmm. I like it um i'll have what she's having just
0: had our um, zen moment so what would you say like let's say um there's a a woman that we're working with that is so ready for all of this what's a first step just a very first step that you would advise for her because it's a lot more about her than about the kid right
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so my question is, what would be the first step to get her connected with me? Or what would be the first step for me to coach you on what to do with her?
0: No, I just went if she was just listening to this podcast, because in a minute, I'm going to have people have a, a way to get in touch with you. But if she was listening to this podcast, what's the number one thing she could do today right after listening to this to start so, making a change inside of her?
2: Okay. So one of the things that I teach is something called the 10 keys to compassion. And this month, I'm actually on key five, which is affect, feel your feelings and name them out, name them out so you don't act out. Um, and then I usually add on somebody's head, because the more I'm able to express myself authentically and fully, even if it's in a journal, even if it's writing um sometimes I'll, I'll call a a friend of mine from college and I'll say, can you just Dr. Beth me a minute? And they're like, they're like, what, what do I do? I said, don't believe anything. I'm about to say it's all BS, but I am so believing it. I can't see straight. Like I know it's all made up, but I, it feels so real in this moment. Yeah. Please don't believe me. Don't let me have you collude with me for goodness sakes. Don't collude with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I'll, and just keep asking questions until I work myself through the feelings. Got it. Got it. But the first thing is give myself permission to turn it up. So the, the key one is compassion and falling in love with what is key two C O is for own your story. So whatever I'm creating in life, whatever I believe to be right, do I want to be right about it? And right now I'm actually working on a book that's called uh, Own Your Story and Uplift Your Life. I don't know what the actual title is going to be, but um, it's, it's, a, it's probably my most powerful tool of everything that I've, that I've taught. And I take people inside out, outside in, right, you know, just all over the place. There's like 20 steps to it. And it's looking at your story, looking at your belief, unraveling it. And then giving yourself permission to rewrite a new story and live into that new story. But several of the tools along the way are what is perfect about what is. Mm-hmm. So if we believe that what's happening in life is happening for us, not to us.
0: Right.
2: And um, but I actually use that question. How good can you stand it? And um, what is P&D? What is perfect and divine about what is? So I would take um, I would take your client and I would help her fall in love with what is. I would help her identify what is the story that she's living into. I would give her permission to feel where she is and turn it up. And then I would say, so what is perfect and divine about what is? And do you want to keep living down this road? Or do you want to focus on a new path? And then I would help her find the new, the new way to get there.
0: You know, it's funny. It feels like a lot of what the same thing would be for a teenager or a young adult um, to be able to say those same things to them. Uh, so, because you're just kind of helping them detach from the intensity of the situation. Yes. I, I started working with kids from a young age and helping them take responsibility. You might have crappy parents. You can't do anything about that. You have crappy parents. So starting at this age, you gotta figure out how you're gonna get your parenting needs met and it's not from them Uh, and and making it normal for them to like go look for it somewhere else and for for them to learn how to fill themselves up. And and I don't think we teach kids how to do that. We we teach them to be victims. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got an absent dad, you've got an absent mother, a drug affected, alcohol affected person in your life. um, And uh, what we need to do is help people have the inner resources to be able to, uh, discover who they are and live the life the way they want to and not be victims.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the inner inner power having that inner inner power of the the thing that the the reservoir that's full all of the time and they know yes. how to do it. So they're not searching for things always externally or materialistically um to exactly. feel, feel better. Um Yeah. So like even my friends, um, like I've talked to my friends about that uh, several times because they've had issues with parents and stuff like that. And they've had to, some of them have, one of them was like, F you. I don't care what you think anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. And you're going to deal with it. That was one response. And the other response was like, I, you're not good for me. You're, 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 you're toxic in my life. I can't deal with it anymore. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And like, was like, no, I don't like no more, no more of you. So I've had like an interesting response of like both friends, like taking them, like building that inner confidence and really feeling that reservoir and not wanting to have their parents like destroy it. In, in, I love it. I
2: love it. I love it. I call it, um, playing, uh, the jeopardy game. Hmm. So I have an answer in my brain that I think is the right answer for you, my friend, or you, my client, or you, whoever, like I have the answer. So instead of me telling you, which automatically creates rebellion. If I told you, sit down, sit down, both of you stay seated right now. And do not stand up for another 30 minutes, whatever you do, don't stand up, Sarah. And I've done this in high school. Uh, classrooms and like you know half the class is standing up before i can even get through the uh, the exercise and i'll say to them i'll say i just controlled you and they're like oh no you didn't i'm standing i said i just want a bar bet i said that i'd get half the room to stand up just by me telling them to sit down and they're like oh, yeah. oh. so 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 part of this is switching from tell because when you tell i must rebel unless I've mastered freedom of choice and switch it to a question. Like I'll, I'll have kids that'll come into my office and they'll like, I'm quitting school. I'm like, okay, cool. What's your plan? They're like, I'm quitting. I got, got it. Where are you going to live? <laughs> what are you going to drive? How are you going to eat? Well, I'm going to have a Mercedes and I'm going to do this and I'm going to live in the blah, blah, blah and I'm going to do this. And I'm like, Okay, how are you gonna? What, what's your plan? Are you gonna rob banks? Are you gonna <laughs> marry rich? Or you you have a trust fund? What what's your plan? They're like, I, I don't I don't know. I'm i figured that out yet. I'm like, okay, well I never figured it out you know yet. So don't worry about trying to have it figured out. But what's your plan like right now? Because I doubt if your parents are gonna pay for your way if you you know if the if the courts take you off because of ju- juvenile li- delinquency, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to turn you over to another family or something. So, you know, you're either going to have to become emancipated or, you know, by the end of the session, they're like, I'm going back to school. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, OK, your choice. I don't know why you'd want to do that. but uh, you know, that's one option. So it's like asking the questions until you get to the answer that feels safe to my divine wise self. Now, sometimes I think the answer is go to school. That's what my wise self thinks, go to school. So I just keep asking questions till they get to the right answer. Sometimes kids will say, you know what I've decided to do? I'm going to put myself into blah, 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 blah. I'm going to study blah, 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 blah. I'm going to get it da. Then I'll come do a GED. And then I got that. I'm like, dang, that is a brilliant plan. Let me help you get your parents on board with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just need to know you're going to be safe. And that plan sounds like you're safe. Sounds like you've thought it through. Sounds like you got an entire mapped out. Sounds like you got a payment system to make it happen. Wow. And you're 12. That's amazing. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. So that's that's what I call that's what I call the Jeopardy game. I love it. Is, is having the the answer that I think is in my head, and then asking the questions until the person gets to their own divine answer or one that feels like it resonates with mine.
0: So do they often not come up with the the answer that you have in your head? Does that happen very often?
2: I would say I'd, I'd say eighty percent of the time. Because they pretty come up because, with the answer in your head. Yeah, I'm pretty smart, you know. I'm pretty smart. And, uh, and no, unbelievable. Oh no, I'm doing a pause.
0: Oh wait,
2: you're back. Yeah, you're back. Yay! <laughs> I can, I could, I could hear and see you guys through that. So, so uh oh, so to say and. Um well, what I say before the end. Uh, oh, how often you're right. You're oh, oh, oh. Right. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, I would say uh, about 80% of the time. Yeah. I, about 80% of the time I have a pretty good idea. Cause I've worked with so many, so many, so many, so many families and kids, but I love being wrong. Yeah. I love it when they come up with an answer that I haven't thought of. Yeah. And with this new generation that's coming in right now, um, I'm, I'm totally willing to be wrong more and more and more and more and more often.
0: Yeah, I think we have to be. I think that uh, th- there's so much more that they're coming in with, uh, you know, just uh, energetically and, and, and their adaptability to technology. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if she were at a college entry level age now, I think I would probably feel totally different about her going to college than I did when she went, however many years ago that was, eight years ago. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, a different, it's a different world now. Uh, and we've said, you know, she wouldn't have gone to school during the pandemic. You know, we have right. about yeah. that, that kind of thing. Um, but there were there was a lot of family friction for people, kids who wanted to go, but wouldn't keep their family safe. And so parents wouldn't let their kids come home, you know, after yes. they, they cho- chose to either do like spring break trips or go to colleges or live in frat houses or whatever. So um, it, this, the whole pandemic and the, the political things of, of the last couple of years created a lot of friction in families. that's new. No kidding. And, and that most of us don't have the tools for. Uh, right. And so that's the reason that we've been really adamant about doing this work and then bringing people like you in uh, to be able to be little guest experts and, and just give a little different perspective. You think a lot the same way we do, and you just have like a, a little bit different way of, of getting there. So yes. if people yes. wanted to learn more about you and, and get to uh, work with you, where would they find you?
2: DrBeth.com. D D R B E T H dot com backslash free stuff. If you would like to have some resources, and uh, that gets you into my community, you get a copy of my uh, mom's choice award winning best selling book, Embracing Defiance Helping Your Child Express Their Unique Voice while keeping your sanity and so um, and I also have if it's not fun it doesn't get done book and that's all about the inner family and it gives you all the different characteristics of the inner family and I have so I have tons of resources and a a YouTube channel Dr. Beth CP for compassionate parenting Um, and so you can go through and get tons and tons of material for free as well as my music that I have written I have 19 songs that are all about emotional development. Um, and a bunch of children's books that are coming to a store near you at some point. Wow. As, awesome. As soon as I get them illustrated. You go, girl. So, yeah. but, it, it's all, but it's all about it's all about the emotional development, emotional yeah. intelligence. Yeah. And uh, tools to fall madly in love with yourself. I love and it. And I'd love to play more with you guys. Anyway, anytime, I'm an Insta yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we're going to have to figure that out because we'd we have a lot of fun together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. So thank you
0: so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, and until next time, we love you.